podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to the Midweek Fix with the LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by Football Prizes, footballprizes.co.uk and we will have more on that as the show goes along. We've, a f- we've something free to give out this evening, um, just to let you know. Uh, I'm Gav and with us I have Grizz, I have Anthony and I have Paul and we're going to look back at Michelin 1, Liverpool 1 in the last group game of the Champions League in Group D. Um, Grizz, I'm going to come to you first. There was a lot of giving out. Before the game, um, when the team came out, why is he playing Fabinho? Why is he playing Salah? You know, and on and on and on. What did you make of that team? Yeah, I was leading the charge. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah. Listen, um, there's always there's always turmoil or uproar, anger, and whenever any Liverpool team is announced, usually on social media. So you you know you 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 take it for what it is. Uh, I think. I think a lot of the frustration maybe maybe came came from the fact that he was playing Fabinho more than anyone else. I mean, everything else you could have made a case for, including Salah, the fact that he's had two weeks off with COVID. You know, he's been coming off in games slightly early. Um, so he wanted to get sort of some rhythm. I still couldn't work out why he played 98 minutes, but maybe we'll get onto that later. Uh, but I think my personal frustration was with the fact that Fabinho are literally our, our best centre-back, um, you know, touching up with Matip, why he was playing. You know, at the end of the day, all's well that ends well. And we, he didn't get no injuries as far as we know. Um, and we got away with it. I just, we did get away with it, but like Paul, I come, to, I come to you. Like you know, you can go, you can go as weak as you want, I suppose. And and he used a lot of like fringe players, I suppose. There, but you can't go too weak, can you? You know, like you wait for do kind of look along, look upon this at times and go, listen, you can't be fucking doing that, even though that's the squad you have. But uh, he only plays forty five minutes for being. Mm, yeah, exactly, and it's an interesting one because it's both. A strong team, as I've heard in post-match interviews, a strong team, but it's also the youngest team that we've ever played in the Champions League game. So it is a bit of a paradoxical lineup in a weird way because whilst you've got Fabinho in there and you've got, you know, some of the the leading lights, if you will, you've got 
people like you know Billy Comessio coming on to replace Fabinho, who I thought was well worth his chance in the second half. You've got Reese Williams in there, and obviously you've got the first player from Merseyside called Leighton to actually play in a Champions League game, and uh, you know I thought he did very well too. So you know it's it's a nice balance of things, and I heard Peter Crouch before on BT Sport say that. He thought Salah asked to play because he basically felt like he'd get a hatful and get his eye in in terms of, you know, getting, getting the goals in basically. And obviously there was a record for him to hit tonight, which he absolutely did. So, you know, I think there's, uh, there's positives to be taken from such a strong team. And, you know, as, as, uh, as Grizz was saying, we got away with it and, and we go on. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it is one of those, like, we look back at the game against Ajax and we said, look, we get the win no matter how. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but we get the win. And, and this gives us the opportunity to, mm. I suppose, you know, rest players and, and not take a week off or a midweek off, but, but, but strategize a bit better and, and, you know, use play because Henderson still comes on, Firmino comes on, Manny comes on. So he's obviously keeping them, like Grizz said, in a rhythm. The, the, the Salah one made sense to me because like Grizz said, he's two weeks off. He is coming back into it a little bit like on the same kind of time frame as Jordan Henderson, I suppose. And the Fabinho one, I think is just a case of needs must, you know, he, he's not going to risk Matta, but he needs somebody in there. I don't think he's going to risk 90 minutes with Cometio and, and, and Reese Williams at the back. Uh, Anthony. Like the, the, when that team comes out, I'm I'm fairly okay with it. Um, uh, there was a couple of interesting bits around it. You know, were you surprised Trent started? I I thought he was going. I thought he would have went Nico Williams to start and give, maybe give Trent forty five when when the opposition are turning a little bit and it's not as strenuous on him. Yeah, I I did feel that he'd do that, Gav. But you know, the thing is, we're so conditioned for the last probably six weeks, at least two months. Every game seems to have a bad injury or a shocking VAR decision. So you're on tenterhooks for a game like this. But Liverpool play again on Sunday afternoon, I think, or Sunday lunchtime against Fulham. And I think Klopp's biggest issue when he had his, his, his mom was recovery time. They, they will get recovery time now, and they'll get time to prepare, proper time to prepare for the next game. And look, the decisions that Liverpool make behind the scenes are so intelligent, they're so well-informed that you'd have to have confidence. I, I was surprised by the team, um, but you'd have to have confidence that they... They know what they're doing. They're, they're monitoring these guys. Like They're literally monitoring their sleep, their recovery, everything, their fitness levels. So I think the team will probably tell you that they know more than us. <laughs> like It's not the team that I would have picked, but they're obviously fine-tuning these players to such a point to get them to a certain level that, as I said, they, they have all sorts of information behind the scenes. So I think overall, look, it was... Um, the, the, the two young centre-halves in, in the second half, that proved the point of why you wouldn't play them together. The two kids are learning their trade. Mm. Having Fabinho beside them was, you could see, like just the difference of having a, a senior pro in beside them, lads. And especially against that type of team, you know, okay, quality-wise, they're not outstanding, but they're a real sort of dogged, proper Danish side that play in a tough, competitive league. Like, this is, you're taking these kids out of an incubator with the academy games. This is a different kettle of fish like their big center forward was was bashing them around a bit you know great experience for them but they might have got eaten they might have got chewed up a bit more over the course of 90 minutes so i think look the fact that we get out of there with as it was dead road or anyway the result was was uh not, not of any consequence but you know but it's, guys, it's in the rear view and, and no major injuries i'm aware of gav i sort of just i, I just want to sort of make my feelings 
clear. I don't think I've made my feelings clear. Is this? You're you going to make a statement here or something? Yeah, I'm going to make it. No, it's it's a kind of a statement. It's a cross between a statement and. and okay, sort of hold feelings. on. I get me pen and pencil. Go. So, so listen. I get everything Anthony has said makes sense, and it makes logical and and it's and it's fact that sort of the team behind the team, so to speak, the medical science team, know exactly what they're doing. And if this match was a league match, a group match, with absolutely anything riding on it, even if it was for first or second spot or something, I would have totally understood and it would have made more sense to me. The fact that it didn't may have any relevance and the fact that it was in the middle of the patch of games that are coming fast and intense and we have players falling nearly every game as we've discussed now i totally accept that this you know i haven't got a sports science degree right but it doesn't take someone anyone with sports well you know you'd be surprised (laughs) so the thing is you've ruined my flow now as you always do (laughs) but what i was going to say is like it doesn't need a sports it doesn't need anyone with a sports science degree to go to to worry or to to factor in impact injuries and a lot of our injuries have been impact injuries. Now, Anthony has also said that they are very dogged and they showed it with some of those challenges and they've got a lot of big, powerful players. Um, a lot of their challenges were very firm and, you know, they had something to prove. They were playing Liverpool after all. Who doesn't want to get the scalp of Liverpool Football Club? I just didn't think there was absolute any need and it's going to be very difficult for anyone to convince me that there was need for these players to be at risk today. That's, well, that's all I'm going to say. Well, well, you know, people could say Kelleher starting was, was a surprise. It wasn't to me. I don't think, you know, people are saying resting because poor Adrian Ian because if anything happens to Kelleher, you know, I think Alison will be back sooner rather than later. But I, I think, like, I get where you're coming from with impact injuries, Grizz, but, but st- Klopp is about rhythm and a lot of these players are rhythm players. Like, the argument for Fabinho to me is just we need somebody. Like, if you went out there with a back four of Trent Alexander and that's coming back from injury, nil. right? So what? And lost eight nil. Well, how good is that for for players? Like, Chris, it doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean nothing to us at all. But like, they're professional footballers, Chris. Like the likes of Simakas, Reese Williams, um, Leighton. Second name's going to my head. Uh, Clarkson. Yeah, um, the likes of him isn't going to want to make his Champions League debut and come off an eight nil defeat. You know, now, I get what you, I, scenario. I'm giving you obviously. Well, that's the scenario. You get, but yeah, but why didn't you say four? You said eight. Yeah, whatever. Even if we lost the game, let's say. Yeah, okay. It makes no difference. But that's fine. But but like, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with it. I think 45 minutes for Fabinho it keeps him in a rhythm. And um, we've seen Fabinho when he when he goes out for a game or even two games, he, he takes a bit of time to get back into a rhythm. So maybe that's part of it. With with Salah, I think Salah is on the s- same trajectory as um, fitness wise as Jordan Henderson. Now Jordan Henderson comes on and plays 20 minutes maybe tonight. Um, a little bit more maybe, but Salah to me is just probably needed a full game in him to get him back to where he needs to be. And he's, and that's a factor looking forward to Fulham and beyond. You know, I, I get not playing them and going, listen, Ratham and Cotton Wool. I get that argument, but there has to be an argument at times where you say he needs this. He needs this to, to get himself back to as a sport, sports scientist and all the data people would say it'll get him back in the absolute zone where he, where he's, he's ready to rock for, for Fulham and, and Spurs and wherever else. But listen, they do know more than us, but um, but everyone's entitled to an opinion, and, and a lot of opinion was why are we playing these lads. But I would have, I would have, I think it would have been hasty to throw, say, Cometio in there at centre half, and I don't know whoever else he has to throw in instead of Salah for a full game and and, and take your licks against Michelin. You know what? 
I'd, I'd be a bit hasty, I'd be a bit hasty to do that. But it's a brilliant start, Grizz. I'll stay with you. It's a brilliant start. And, um, Salah is onto that like a lie. It's a mad kind of finish. But, um, it, it was a brilliant start, wasn't it? It's Liverpool's, is it Liverpool's quickest ever goal in Champions League? I think I heard during the commentary. Yeah, the funny thing is, right, we could have probably scored even quicker than that, lads. I don't know if you remember. But just the attack sort of leading up to that attack, Divock plays it into Salah when he could have sort of played it early or, or waited and there's a bit of miscommunication. So it's a sensational start. It's typical, you know, it shows why Salah probably wanted to play. He knew there was goals in it for him. Hungry as anything. That's the Salah, I suppose, you want to get into rhythm, even though I didn't think he had a very much of a rhythmic game. Um, I still think he's sort of trying to find his best form. But, you know, that's the beauty of Salah. Even when he's not at his best, he will score. Even when he doesn't get the cleanest of strikes, he will still score. Um, the guy just literally knows, lives for goals. And, you know, if that gets him into rhythm, then I'm all for it. But I just, you know, I just thought the way he started, I just thought the way we started as a team, I thought that first 15, 20 minutes, I thought this is going to be um, a bit of a humdinger. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect it to finish only with two goals in the game. It started off like they had a fair few chances as well. So it was entertaining, let's say. It was entertaining. And like, you know, the, the defender makes a mess of it, but Salah's onto it like a light. Um, Paul, I come to you. Like, I did think when they get that, I thought, and even in the period after that, I thought Liverpool were in control. They seemed to be getting onto second balls. They were playing through them quite a lot. There was a couple of opportunities to get in behind that they, they didn't take at times, but it looked like it was always on. Did you think getting that early goal and and starting so well, even for the fringe players, it just gave them that confidence to go on? And I thought they were going to go on and win the game handy, being honest, Paul. Yeah, I think I was I was exactly in agreement with with what you're saying. Where you know that first goal goes in, and I think it's an incredibly clever finish from Mo. And from there, it just looks like it's on for like it is. You know, in the last couple of games, where you look at Leicester, you look at the Wolves game, it's like okay, not the first eleven on the pitch, but we're gonna go on and get three or four here, and it's gonna be a nice, comfortable night's work. Everyone's gonna feel good about it. Back on the plane and back home, and everyone's waiting for the draw. Uh, but obviously, you know these these dead rubbers, they they can kind of jump up and bite you a little bit because, like we were saying at the beginning, there is absolutely nothing riding on this, and the. The real only benefits is confidence, morale, and a little bit of rhythm. As uh, as I agree with you, Gav, and you know it's 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 a funny thing where after that sort of first fifteen or twenty minutes, I think we were in command for the rest of the first half, and then the second half was a was a bit of a different story, really. It, it was a completely different story when, when we when we get to the second half. Um, but that but that of course is down to the changes, Anthony. Um, I, I want to touch on a couple of players. We've seen Reese Williams play a couple of times with Liverpool now, and he's impressed every time he's played. I thought Trent was a bit. I'm not going to say poor, but I thought he was a bit lax. He was a bit laboured, but that's probably to be expected. Um, he, he's he's managing himself, I suppose. Simakas looked looked okay for me. Um, good good and bad things, but the one I want to touch on first, which Anthony is um is Leighton Clarkson because he comes in. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Um. But he knows how to throw himself into a tackle, doesn't he? He knows how to get around the pitch, and and he's an eye for a pass as well. A couple of times he nearly got lads in behind. Yeah, he had a great first half. Uh, he's, he's just a silky little player, and he's—I he, think he got tired in the second half. Um, and it's difficult for a young player like the way he plays. You know, <laughs> Mitchelland at the start of the second half had a huddle <laughs> in the center circle. You know, so this—that's where their heads were. It was a big mm-hmm. game for them, I think, as well. And it's a point that Klopp raised in his pre-match press conference that the pro- the money you get 
for a win or a draw in the Champions League. Like it makes a difference to clubs like Mitchelland. Mm. And we're seeing it with in Ireland with Dundalk and the Europa League. Like if they get a draw or a win in the Europa League, it's like a few hundred grand. Uh, and that makes a massive difference to these sort of clubs. So it was a very important game for them. Whereas Liverpool brought on Camateo uh, and, you know, maybe took their foot off the gas a little. And, and I think it just affected him slightly in the second half. But overall, he's a real talent. I, I, I loved watching him in the first half. I'm a big fan of what I've seen. He's real tidy. He's brave. And he's going to develop physically as well, which will probably help him. You know, but, but overall, it was, a, it was a really good night for him. You know, I thought he was he's very easy on the eye. Yeah, I, th- I think I thought he was as well. I liked the way he was. He was he was neat and tidy on it, but he was trying things as well. And there was one in the first half where he tries one through to Salah, and it's not far off being absolutely perfect. And you can hear the sidelines telling them "Well done," you know. Whereas some other people would say, "Don't lose it." He's that they were they were encouraging to be to be creative and try to get players in. Great, just moving yeah. back slightly, uh, Simakas. Um, I thought he good, good and bad things. I think people were saying not, he's a little bit out of position here and there, but I don't think he was getting a massive amount of help from the from Jota, who was meant to be in front of him. Um, what did you make of him, Grizz? I'm a little bit worried that he's he's gone off for a slight injury, but what did you make of him? I, I like the look of him, especially going forward. Yeah, I like the look of him. Um, I've said before, I like his confidence. Um, you know, he's he's very much in the sort of. He's got the mentality of a Liverpool player in terms of even if, if even if he's not having the best day technically, he will still keep trying. He will still keep still keep bombing forward. He's tenacious. Um, could do with developing a bit physically as well. Um, you know, the Premier League is is a different ball game compared to the the, the Greek league he played in. Um, but overall, he needs to sort of. He's another player. It's difficult to judge him off one-off games. You know, we often talk about sort of how harsh we are on the likes of Origi when he steps in, sort of, you know, it's difficult to to gauge the the level of a one-off game, especially in a makeshift back four, makeshift midfield. Do you know, Cater was, you've got to remember, Cater was playing on his side as well of the, of the midfield um, and he's coming back. So he wasn't his tigerish best um, energy-wise pressing-wise. So all these factors you have to take into place. But on the ball, he's very calm. Uh, yes, he loves attacking. So for from that aspect and the fact that he's very confident, he doesn't let his confidence levels drop, um, he done well. These days, we're all getting more screen time, which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before. Too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com. Yeah, and the thing for me, like I'm saying, I'm worried about that injury. It's not It's not so much worry. It's just kind of, it's something you don't need. I'd, lo- I'd love it just to come out and it's like, Ari's ah, fine. He'd be grand if he needed to play against Fulham. It, but when when I watch him, he's he seems the perfect player that you'd bring in if you're two or three nil up. And for the next for the next six, eight weeks. And if you're, if you're winning games, you can bring him in and put him in and go, listen, Robertson's off. He's only playing 70, but putting him in because he looks fairly solid defensively, but going forward, like even when he was breaking forward, he was taking a look into the box. It sounds really simple, but he was, he was taking a look into the box, even though he was bombing 
having a look in who's there and trying to put it into them rather than just whipping something in blind. And he nearly gets, I think it was Salah forced out. He hits a brilliant ball in the box. I was going to say Origi, but fucking waste of time talking about him, to be honest with you, at this stage. Um, Paul, I move on. And, and while we say Clarkson was really good in midfield, what did you make of Naby Keita? Because I thought he was quiet. Uh, yeah, I think he he's, he's another one. I mean, like you're talking about Simicas and all of these kind of fringe players. It's a really big ask for them to come in because they've got very, very well-established pros in ahead of them. I mean, Simicas in particular with Robertson, but Naby as well is in the engine room of that team and he's got to deal with Wijnaldum, he's got to deal with Fabinho when he's playing in his regular position, Henderson, Milner, you know, the list goes on, Ox coming back, etc. So he, he's not really been getting much of a sniff. And then on top of that, the injuries that the guys had, it's just been one thing after another. And a player like Naby Keita needs a run of games and he needs to be able to, like we were saying, Gav, he needs rhythm and he needs to be able to get established into the team and have, get a real feel about what his role is because he is such a complete midfielder when he's on his day. You know, I've sort of watched him quite a lot really back in the days when, you know, he played over in Germany for Leipzig and, you know, he almost had this kind of, again, this sort of Gerard S kind of box to box vibe going on about him, but he's not really been able to get a good run of games together at all, really, in the entirety of his Liverpool career. So it's it's been problematic for him, and I know a lot of fans are actually losing patience with him and saying that he's not going to cut you know cut the mustard, he's not going to make the grade, he can't be relied upon, he's made the biscuits, etc., etc. And you know it's it's tough for him, but you know he was a bit quiet, but I thought he was solid enough. And one of the things that I, I do like about Keaton more than anything is that. There's no backward passes with him. Like everything is forward. Everything is, you know, trying to move the play forwards and further up the pitch. I just think the guy needs a break and, you know, in terms of a, a run of games and staying injury free. And I think he'll be a big asset for us. I really do. Yeah. He has a chance right at the end of the first half there where he takes a nice touch in the box and if. If it's a foot either side of the keeper, it's in. It's well struck, but it's straight mm. down the throat to the keeper. And, and I'm thinking, oh, do you know what? Not even for the game, just for him. If that went in, you know, it's just he's back. He's back. He's playing and he's getting a goal and, and it'd be great. Anthony, is there an argument there? Like, not to be too harsh on Kate because he is coming back himself. He gets whatever amount of minutes tonight. Um, 62, I think, actually, is the amount of minutes he gets. That's off memory when Henderson comes on. But is there an argument to say, look, he's coming back as well. You have to cut him a bit of slack, despite everything that goes on around Naby Keita. And he's in there middle of midfield with Leighton Clarkson, who's making his Champions League debut. He probably felt a bit of responsibility to be a bit more reserved and protect this lad as well while they're playing. There is, yeah. Of course there is, absolutely. I think the problem for him is that, you know, as the lad's touched on, you're looking at the bigger picture of his whole his Liverpool career to date. That just has yet to take off, and when that happens with a player like that, it gets harder and harder for him, and and probably gets judged harsher and harsher as well because this guy was coming in as a potential superstar, and I mean not, nobody doubts the quality that he has, but he just cannot string a sustained period of of games. He just can't do. It. He hasn't done it yet, really. Um. And because of the levels Liverpool are hitting, even without Van Dijk and, and all the injuries that we've had this season, like a guy like that is as and he is quality. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I agree with Paul's the point Paul made. Like, there's very few players. I don't think there's anyone else on the team that is as good as a, a forward passer, apart from maybe Thiago as as Kite. He's got fantastic vision and he takes chances with the ball. 
But he's in danger of being left behind now because, you know, if he keeps breaking down, his body keeps letting him down. Like, it'll, it'll get to the point where you fear that he might just he might just get moved on and maybe next summer, especially, you know, with Thiago hopefully coming back into the picture. And I think well, his performance, I think his performance sort of indicated that, you know, sometimes it can be very, very sort of disheartening mentally as well to break down so many times. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I think he just couldn't get into his, he couldn't get into his usual game, which has re- like before the last injury, he was, getting to a, a rhythm where he was snapping into tackles and pressing really energetically. Mm. I was slightly surprised that Klopp didn't play him as the number six and um, um, little Pirlo. What's our little Pirlo's name? Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah. I was surprised Clarkson didn't play as an eight because he has played there for the, under, uh, for the under 18s. And then, and then Naby sort of play the more controlling game uh, in, in the heart of the midfield. I don't know what you guys think, but I thought he could have done that. Even though Clarkson for the first 20 minutes was the best player on the pitch. I mean, with his one-touch passing and his vision. But gradually as the game... Do you know how recently Liverpool have done similar things with Naby, um, sorry, Ginny and Hendo, where they've swapped roles sort of for 45 minutes, half an hour, whatever. I thought they could have done that when he was tiring, the young fella, and then just play sort of Naby um, in front of the six. Because it might have helped with the control of the game in the second half, but obviously he came off anyway. I think my point with Naby, sorry, just to, just yeah, to say very quick. quickly, uh, very, yeah, is more of a general point, really, which is I actually don't think the club have done him any favours from the moment he came in, in terms of you know making it a big deal about making him out of the number eight shirt and getting Gerard to hand it over and all the hype and everything else. And, you know, we really built this guy up as being like, you know, the chosen one of these players coming in. And I think we've piled a lot of pressure on this guy. And yeah, granted, he's a professional and everything else. That's absolutely fine. But I don't think we've done any favours for him in the perceptions of the fan base because I think people were expecting him to come in. They've seen a few YouTube videos of the guy. They've seen a few games of him in Germany and expected him to come in and be like a worldie and essentially be the heir apparent to the next, you know, Steven Gerrard thing. And, you know, he's, he's not that type of player. And again, like obviously with the, the opportunities that he's not had due to the injuries and everything else, I think that just adds to the perception that he's not cutting it with the fan base. And I think it's a bit problematic, to be honest with you. And I don't think he really deserves it. I, I'm, I've been fairly um, consistent on Abby Kate that in, in when I say he has everything you need, he needs uh, everything you need to be a Liverpool player. He has it. Um, it's just showing it um, and showing it on a consistent basis, i.e., being on the pitch. But we're back into we're back into another situation now again, where we're looking and we're going, okay, Thiago's the new year. You know, when Alden's playing a a quite ridiculous amount of games to be honest you know Curtis Jones is coming through brilliant Milner is out for a little while but was he cutting in midfield people would argue um, you've got Henderson coming back but we're back in this situation again where we're looking to Naby and we're going listen we need you we need you now up until the middle of January at least to, to put the foot on the pedal here and, and give us a dig out because Ronaldo can't do it forever uh, you know Henderson beside Ronaldo can't do it forever Curtis Jones is going to have a dip it's just natural with a young player that you will find a dip in form. Um, you know, we've, we've seen it with youngsters all over the league. You look at the likes of Ross Barkley at Everton, who everyone thought he was brilliant and just fell off a cliff because of so much expectation on him. So with Naby, you're just looking for, I'm just looking for him to get on the pitch. Um, 
you know, my biggest judgment of him will be to get on the pitch, but we'll see how it goes. Um, mm. We've spoken about Salah, we've spoken about um, Jota a little bit. Jota is, does okay with me. Divo Garriga, I'm not even getting into him. Um, you know, and, and people are saying, you know, um, with Jota this, Minamino that. Divock Origi didn't try in that game tonight. So I'm not even getting into it. He just looked like he was labouring around the place and, ah, look, whatever. And maybe people will say that that's just his physique and that's the way he carries himself. But, well, he needs to carry himself a bit faster and, you know, it, with a bit more purpose. But the last, one other player I want to touch on, um, and Anthony, I'll come to you first on it. Um, Minamino. Now, Minamino splits a bit of opinion as well, to be perfectly honest with you. But I felt a bit sorry for him tonight. I thought he was being shifted around different positions in game, you know, subtly. And he was chasing, he was hurrying. He's a bit unlucky at the end. With, well, very unlucky with the goal at the end. But I thought it was just great to see him on the pitch, playing a, get, playing a full game and being involved. What did you make of him? Uh, well, he, he kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Smeacher when in the early days of Vladimir Smeacher when he came to Liverpool and that he's... Mm. he's He's a technical player, and you can see that he's a, he's a he's a nice player, he's a talented player. But you're never really sure like what's his best position, what does he do best, um, and at times he can look a little bit lightweight as well. Like I I thought that I don't know. I assume that Liverpool are, are trying to build him up physically, but he's just he's just a light player. He's just a light, you know he's not a kid either. I think he's, he's mid twenties, isn't he? So um, I don't know. I don't think Minamino. Will, ever established himself as the go-to man for Liverpool. I think he's a good squad player. He's got a good attitude. But I I'm I don't know exactly where you get the best out of him still. And I'm not sure like what he's actually brilliant at, if you if you understand what I mean. Like he's he's tidy and he's nice and he works really hard. But I don't know. I just think he's just a level down. And as I said, he just reminds me of Vladimir Smith. Smith came in, if you remember he came in um uh, off Euro 96 I think or had done really well at Euro 96 and uh, everybody was raving about him and then there was a few years where he just treaded water really like you could tell he was a good player but he never just kicked on there was something about him that he, he, he just I don't know I, I get that same vibe off him in Amino I don't know what the lads think but it's, although I like him I, I just can't see him ever really pinning down a position in, in Liverpool team at the moment Cavo Sullivan mm-hmm. says he's a 7.5 million squad filler that's it yeah uh, that's a fair point yeah yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair point as well. He reminds me a bit of Yossi Benayoun, to be honest with you. I think he's he is light, he, he's quick on the ball, low centre of gravity, has a shot on him, has an eye for a pass. But again, I think I don't think it's how... Ha- I'd love to see someone just say to me, Minamino plays in this position. And I know people say, oh, no, you need to be able to do certain things. And No, not really. You can have players in teams that are just dedicated. Like, you're not going to play Andy Robertson, like, you know, right side of midfield. He's a left fucking back. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think Minamino needs that. My my preference on Minamino is in a 10, in a 4-2-3-1. That's my preference on him. But... Um, I think there's I think there's enough signs there to say yes he's a squad filler, but yeah he can come in and he can show signs of quality and and I'd love to see him get a goal in a four two three one for Liverpool as a ten um, and and see where he goes. But Grizz, yeah. where do you want him? Same, um, you know I agree with that because um, that's my point that you've stolen. But listen, okay. that's sharing is caring. But no, no, we we both discussed that that's his best position or his favourite position. Um, you know the attacking player behind. A base, and today he didn't have a base behind him. Again, very much like Simicats, it's difficult to judge him. A when they're not playing with the the A team, so to speak. Um, sort of, I know he had Salah with him, but then sort of he had to do a lot of covering for the uh, for the young kid Clarkson. 
and Naby alongside him. He's not a central midfield player per se. Um, he's a, a ten, uh, or he's one of the three behind the, the focal point of a striker. I, I disagree with sort of playing him early in the season where we tried to, or near the end of last season where we tried to play him in the Bobby role. I just don't think he has the, the physical attributes to play in the Bobby role. But he has similar attributes to both players that you've mentioned. Anthony mentioned uh, Smitza, and you mentioned Ben Ayun. I think he's a cross between both. And he can play sort of, if we played that 4-2-3-1 with a double pivot in midfield, let's just say for argument's sake, Hendo and Gini, and then three, and he could play any of those three roles uh, behind the striker. And that's why I think he'd flourish. And I think it's it's not it's unfair to sort of start making judgments, judgment calls on him now. A because Kevin, I think, said in the in the in the in the chat, he's a seven. We saw a bargain, you know, seven million doesn't harm our budget. He's a squad member. Utilize him when we can, and then if he develops into a gem, lovely. If he doesn't, we can easily get our money back um, down down a couple of years. But it's way too early to sort sort of make judgment calls on him. I get the frustration, but we're so elite in the attacking forward line that it's, it's difficult for a newcomer unless your name's Jota. But let's not mm. forget Jota lost 45 million as well. Yeah. So, you know, you've got you to you weigh these things up. I think be a bit patient with him. He'll come good. Yeah. Owen Conway asked, Gav, what signs have you seen just out of interest? The signs for me is that the type of player he is, like, when I see him out wide and the touches he's taken, I think if you put him more centrally and he takes those touches, he's opening teams up. You know, where he just takes that touch and gets away from somebody and he has a whole pitch to look at rather than he's, you know, down on the right wing or down on the left wing. A way at Ajax, I was extremely impressed by him. He was so intelligent on the ball, the runs he was making. He wasn't afraid to shoot. He was playing people in. There's plenty in that player. There's absolutely plenty in that player but I think a lot of players Minamino like a lot of players at the moment like you have to remember he's not even a year at Liverpool you know and we're talking about Naby Keita now and we're saying you need to give him time and you need to give him this and that happens for all players but he's not even a year at Liverpool like a bit like Curtis Jones you say you give him this season then you look for him to break out next season now he mightn't break out because he's a squad player as we've said but I think you could you could nurture him into a certain position and you go, listen, this is your position. And if we play, you, if we play this position, you're going to either start or you're definitely coming off the bench. And I think that gives him a direction in where he's going. Um, but I think there's plenty. I, th- I genuinely think there's plenty in that. Paul, are you one of those that just thinks you watch it, you see how it goes? And like Grizz says, if it doesn't happen in the next year to 18 months, you just, you, you know, you move him on and, and you see what happens. I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? He was signed frankly, off the back of an incredible performance against us at Anfield because all the players came off the pitch that night saying, wow, that kid's unbelievable, we should sign him. Mm. And pretty much two weeks later, the deal was done. And for me, I personally think I look at him and yet you see flashes and you see little bits of it and you obviously want the kid to do well. But for me, you know, I've, I've heard a lot about him not settling in the area. I've heard of him actually struggling with the language and on top of that I always think about the trophy presentation at Anfield when we beat Chelsea and he's off on his own and Henderson has to bring him in to be part of the group for me there's just something there culturally or personality wise with the player that isn't gelling at the moment that's not to say that it won't settle down and it never will but the signs for me don't look positive because we're not playing him in his natural position. Because again, if you think back to the way he played against us last year for Salzburg, he was very much, as you were saying correctly, in that number 10 role. And it was late runs into the box 
and it was a layoff and he was coming on to those balls and he was timing those runs unbelievably well and, and looking a real danger. For me, he doesn't fit in the front three. I think we've maybe signed him with a view to potentially becoming the sort of spiritual successor to Bobby Firmino because we've got a real problem on our hands in two or three seasons when Bobby starts to decline and really starts to age because there is, quite frankly, no other player in world football like Bobby Firmino. And he is so crucial to how we play that we are staring down the battle of quite a dramatic stylistic change once Bobby comes towards the twilight of his career. So I very much think Taki was brought in as a long-term look into, well, can we get this guy to this level? Can he learn the Firmino role? Can he get those attributes? And I'm not seeing it at the moment. That being said... I do think, like you were saying, with now being like we were all saying, he needs time. He probably needs another year. Very much nothing ventured, nothing gained, especially with the fee that we paid for him. And if he, if he blossoms, because some, some players blossom second or even third season, you know, he's still a relatively young guy. He's obviously got all the potential in the world. I think there's maybe a little bit of a self-belief problem as well, because what another thing I'm not seeing is a real nasty cutting edge to his play. The way Mo's got that kind of real ruthlessness when he gets into position. And it would be nice to kind of see that develop within him. But at the moment, I'm not quite seeing it. And hopefully it will come. But I don't know. For me, the chances aren't looking good at the minute. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Yeah, look at it. It's a Ragnar Clavin, isn't he? Equivalent in terms of attacking, um, you know, attacking version of. And let's not forget he scored a perfectly good winner which I know Gav enjoyed. I did enjoy um, for a minute. Um, and then and then the 15 minutes afterwards, trying to decide what was wrong with it was great as well. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. But <clears throat> the thing about, the thing for me, like you talk about the trophy presentation there and it's an interesting one. I, I don't know if it's, if it's a, if it's a person, it might be a personality team, but it might be someone just going, lads, I turned up in fucking January here and, the game stopped in March and I was in lockdown. Like, poor Scouts are Tommy there says, the lads arrived not speaking English and he spends the first four months in lockdown, which is a fair point. You know, he's less than two months at Liverpool or maybe two and a half and, or three months, sorry. And then it's like, oh, listen, see it in four months' time. You know, that's difficult for anyone. You know, <clears throat> I love to see you Liverpool, but Jesus, put me in lockdown in it and it's going to be difficult if you're moving lock, stock and barrel there. You know the way? So you, you, there is certain, there is certain elements to this way you kind of go, you have to cut him a bit of slack. I think there's a player in there and I think I, I would be surprised if he's not, if we're not talking about a much improved Minamino in probably six, at least six, but definitely 12 months, 12 months time. I'm being, I'm being honest with you. Uh, it's a Frizzell to send him out on loan. Um, I don't think we have, I don't think, we have the bodies to send anyone out on loan, to be perfectly honest. And, and I don't think it does him any favours tonight with, with the fact that Origi's playing. Every time I watch Minamino, he seems to be playing with Origi. And mm. people are saying he's running around. He's run, but he's running around like a headless chicken. Well, he probably is, yeah, because the other fella isn't running at all. 
You know that kind of way, and that's the fucking that's that's the truth of the matter. So look, we 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 leave Minamino there, but I think it, it's definitely a work in progress. I think factoring in everything when you look at the club, he's at the club a year and four months. Well, just about a year and four months of that he was in lockdown. I think you know, I think it's it's fair enough to say that he deserves a little bit more time. But there's definitely something there. Um, moving on, um, second half of course, uh, Fabinho goes off. Um, I believe. Grizz made a phone call there and said, listen, get him off. Stop acting the bollocks. Um, so that happened. Uh, Billy Cometio comes on. You see a couple of changes coming on and you see Henderson come on throughout. You see Manny, you see Firmino, a couple more of the heavy hitters come on. And that's just to keep them ticking over um, for the weekend. But uh, Billy Cometio, Anthony, I'll come to you. He comes on. There's a lot made of this young lad. He's 17, possibly 18 now. And he's an absolute unit. But... Um, I think he. I think he got. I think there was a harsh reality there tonight of what first team football is really like. From yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, he, he came on at half time against a team that got themselves really fired up. He made an early mistake, I think, where he, he tried to pass it back to Kelleher with his right foot, and it it went out of play. Mm. So you know, he's nervous probably to start. That shakes him. He, he played against a, a strong clever center half that kept backing into him and, and moving into little areas that was asking questions of him and the guy beside him is a rookie as well so yeah you know all, all those things make it really difficult for him i mean he, tonight he looks raw he looks like what he is you know a, a young kid stepping into a champions league game for the first time uh at, at half time as well you know coming in cold like so um to be honest with you i, I was like i found it impossible to judge him on that tonight we all know how highly they think of him He's he's very well regarded, and um, you know, as I said, he's he's a kid in a position that it it does take a good few years to learn the trade to be a top level centre half. Like you know, there's especially against a streetwise tough team like they were tonight. Um, so you know, you couldn't you couldn't judge him harshly. No, I wouldn't judge him harshly at all. Grizz, I think. Um I think the fact that you know, people are saying they looked a bit shaky, and you know, it's clear why Reese William. Um, is ahead of him, but I uh, for me, I'm kind of glad he was shaky. I'm kind of glad he got battered around because if, if he goes away from that grizz and he, he t- to give him the tapes and they show him, it's it's a brilliant learning experience for him overall. Like regardless of how good or bad he played, I think it's a brilliant learning experience for him. It has to be. It will be. It has to be because so far, what I make of him is um, very similar to Seth Vandenberg. I don't see enough. I don't see enough urgency in his game to defend. If you know what I mean, the nasty side of it. You can tell he's been playing in midfield. He's very comfortable on the ball. He's very confident on the ball. There was a time in the uh, I don't know which minute it was where Robertson's telling him to clear it in the in the left hand corner of the pitch, around the bottom corner. He lays it off to him so he can lump it away as you do, but he just caresses it into sort of midfield and everything. So the confidence again is there. The hype. I think we just forget about him and just let him stay under the stewardship of Klopp and don't talk about him and mention him again because he's miles off the first team. And that's absolutely fine because he's 17 years old. I also understand the point that the the listener made, viewer made about, we can see why Reese Williams, on the other hand, is ahead of him. Obviously, he's ahead of him sort of in terms of age as well, but you can see Reese Williams far more. You, you can see Reese Williams has played at centre-back far more. That's that's the main thing at the moment I see, and 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 the more Billy plays, the more he plays in the under twenty threes, in the under eighteens, or whatever age bracket he's in, the better for him. He will have to learn 
he will learn, I believe, because he's under the best manager and coaches in, in the world, uh, the, the art of wanting to defend, to, to the need to defend. At the moment, I find him a very casual ball-playing centre-half and it just doesn't fit in with sort of what we're looking for from him. I, you know, I want to see more hunger from him to defend. There was times where he wasn't sort of anticipating where the ball's going to go, you know, throwing his body in the line, a la Reese Williams, you see, or you see even Phillips, but obviously they're more experienced. You can tell he's cultured, he's a midfield player, settling into a new position. That's why I see so far. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Paul. Like, when, when I look at this, you know, Reese Williams does want to defend. He likes to get up close and pair with centre-forwards. He likes to head of duels. He'll chase balls down channels and, and get stuck in. Kometio come on and looked a bit like, a bit hesitant. Do I go? Do I stay? Where's my position? And stuff like that. But, but uh, like you said, like he's, he's, he's an absolute unit, the, the bleeding size of him. But when I look at it, I just think to myself, came in, played 45 minutes in the Champions League. We didn't lose the game. Now send him back where, to where he came from, the 23s or the 18s, and say to him, now in three months' time, we'll do that again. You know, and we've seen so many players in the past where they get a little taste and they don't see it for another couple of months, but that's kept in their head all the time, Paul. And our next goal is to play 60 minutes and then it's 70 minutes, then it's mm. 90 minutes. It's it's only good for him. That, and that's the whole point mm. of the exercise. No, absolutely. And he was brought forward very, very, very quickly in pre-season. Like most of pre-season was caught up with like, who is this kid? And, you know, everybody talking about him being like the incredible Hulk and being this massive talent and huge potential and everything else. And yeah, he's going to come on and he's going to make mistakes. You know, the kid's the age that he's at and he's at that level of development. So, you know, fair enough. And the other thing you've got to bear in mind is there's a reason why Reese Williams is playing the Champions League games, but Nat Phillips is playing the league games because Nat Phillips was due to leave the club and didn't because deals didn't go through for him and thank you know whoever whoever you pray to that he didn't because we'd be in an even worse position defensively now if it wasn't for him. But mm. he actually missed the deadline for the registration for the Champions League squad. So the good thing is, and I've been espousing this since the beginning, since the, the, the first podcast appearance I made a few weeks ago on uh, Football Social Daily, I was saying about the positives that could come out of the Van Dyke injury. And one of them is the fact that it's going to present opportunities like this for players like Kumetio. They're going to get invaluable experience. And like you say, they're going to be able to take that back into training. The analysis guys will probably sit with him and say, look, this is what you can do here. These are the mistakes that you've made. Go away and think about it. Go work on it with your coaches. And then he'll probably exponentially increase. I guarantee we'll see him in FA Cup games. I think we'll see him in the Villa game and the Cup. I think we'll see Reese Williams in that game as well. And I think, you know, with Klopp's low opinion of the domestic Cups, shall we say, you know, I think more opportunities are going to come for players like him in the first team going forward. And, you know, hopefully we'll see more developments out of him. But, you know, again, some of the, the comments I'm seeing on the bottom here, Reese Williams spent most of last season last, last year on loan at Kidderminster. And, had a lot of physical football to play so he probably knows how to handle himself with as you know the boys were saying about you know very physical teams that play that way and play that style of football very competitive very robust football so that's probably why he come out looking the, the much better talent tonight Grizz we have that's, a request yeah. um, Anton at McConville says Grizz I got my two sons to subscribe to the LFC Day Trippers she wants a shout out for Keelan and Fabian 
absolutely amazing job. You're a brilliant parent. And shout out to Keelan and Fabian. You're absolute champions. There you go. You see, you can record that clip absolute and bring champions. it into your amazing skill. Grizz spoke to me <laughs> through the internet. There you go. Um, Wanna just before we go on, um footballprizes.co.uk. So for anyone that knows what's going on there, happy days. For anybody that doesn't, um basically they are a memorabilia website covering Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Leeds, everyone. Um Wolves. I've, I've seen loads of different bits, but basically they do they do draws every week. Um now it's best the best thing to do is explain this one for you. This week's is Liverpool's one is a signed and framed uh, Steven Gerrard jersey from 2005. Of course, we all know what happened in 2005. 99 tickets maximum in this draw. £4.95 per ticket. Okay. Um, and basically, you go onto that website, you find the Steven Gerrard one, you go in, you pick the number that you want between 1 and 99, or two numbers, or three numbers, and bang it in, pay for it, and the draw is made live um, at half past eight on their Facebook page on Friday night. It closes at 7.30. The prizes are brilliant. They've been brilliant so far. We've had a signed Milner one, the Gerrard one now. I can't remember what the first one was, but it was Van Dyke. It was Van Dyke, the first one. So, go to footballprizes.co.uk and have a look there. You might have mates that are or friends or family that are fans of other clubs you see something you like. Some of them are only 66 tickets, some of them are 80 tickets. They, they vary um there's, there's even the, the giveaway Xboxes and all sorts of stuff. It's a great it's a great website but go there, have a look at the Milner one. They've given us a free ticket for this week's um Milner um signed and framed one. Um but I meant to give this away. I don't know how to give it away. So what I do is I've worked it out. Well, I've worked something out as well. Um, I, I, I could ask people a question and you could all throw in answers or we could just stick Anthony McConville's two sons in and see if they much. win. Um, put a yes or a no up there for Anthony McConville's sons to be given the free ticket to see if they can win it's that side Milner jersey. We are never on the same way, ever. we're going to go so far. Yeah, we go so far and then we kill each other. Um, but... Put a yes or put a no in there. I think we should give it to Antonet's two two sons and see if they can win it and they can lash it up there. And if they win, um, we don't want that enough. You but stick it in your bedroom, take a picture and say that we gave it to you. It'd be brilliant, right? Um, moving on, moving on, lads. Um, I have to talk about this penalty. Okay, um, just loads of yeses coming in there. Um, so I think Anthony McConville's uh sorted that. So we'll sort it out for you, Anthony. Um, the the, the penalty. That's given, right? So, Paul, I come to you. Let, let me try remember this properly, right? A ball's put through. Kelleher takes the guy down. A penalty's given, but the offside flag is up. He's called offside. They go to VAR. They take an edge. They can't see if he's offside or not, so they decide to overrule the linesman. And um, even though they've no evidence to overrule him, they overrule him and give a penalty. Am I right in saying is that is that the gist? Who knows. Who knows? Because, I mean, I, I feel like a bit of a fool right now because all I've been saying through the debacles of the Premier League VAR in the last few weeks is, hey, you know, it's not like that in the Champions League, right? You know, it's not like that in other leagues. And look at the mess that they've made of this tonight. It is absolutely ridiculous. They are guilty of absolutely everything that the Premier League have been doing with getting their angle measures out and their protractors and their school math sets and drawing these lines and et cetera, et cetera. And if anything, there's even less transparency because immediately they don't show you the replay. So you've got no idea what's going on. And for me, it, the whole thing is just an absolute mess because 
it's the way that it's changed the way that the game is played because the play has to continue while they have to, you know, let, you know, figure out whether or not it's an offside or not an offside, and that also influences the play. I mean, for me, I personally don't think there's enough contact to, for it to be deemed a penalty anyway. Like, I personally think the player was looking for it, but my bar where penalties are concerned is completely different to a lot of people, if I'm being completely honest. And I just think the whole thing is just an absolute joke, quite frankly. Um, but one thing I will say is that I don't think you can hold Kelleher responsible for giving away the penalty. I think he's been hung out to dry by both the officials and the, as I say, the naivety in the back four. And he's done the absolute best that he could in that situation. And to be quite honest with you, he very, very nearly saved the penalty. So there you go. Grizz, what do you make of this? Because we've had argument over after argument about VAR and, and I've kind of championed the whole in Europe stuff is much better than England. But I was watching that and I was going, what the fuck's going on here? And why is it taking so long? And then I'm looking going, they can't get an angle on this. And then they just overrule a decision that's made. Carry on. And then we just make a decision beyond the, the offside flag. I had to have left you a little bit bemused, Grizz. Come on. Um, it did overrule. I think the second decision that when we scored was the most baffling. I think eventually they got this one right, though, because um, the the channel that I was watching it on, sort of, even though, as you say, it was about 17 minutes later, they did have footage or coverage or um, images of where it showed that the guy was offside, hence why they disregarded the offside flag because he was onside and then went to look at the penalty decision and that became very subjective. And the referee thought, you know, I'm with Paul. I, I, I even thought the penalty was harsh. Um, you know, I think he went he, he went for him. Sorry, he went for the ball with his hand and the feet just took him into that player or slightly into that player naturally. There was no attempt to bring him down. But again, that's the interpretation of the referee, which becomes, you know, totally in the hands of the referee. There's no facts there. There's no clear and obvious error there to sort of say that that was a penalty. But Steve, the Mane one... Oh, no, I'll get yeah. to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute. But Stephen O'Connor says something here. And me and Grizz were literally talking about this an hour ago, right? What is the point in Peter Walton, right? Because... They, got, they keep cutting to him on BT going, Peter, what's the story here? And, he, and like he goes, he just tells you, like, oh, no, listen, they're, they're not giving that. No way. And in 10 seconds later, they do exactly the opposite to what Peter Walton, former referee, it, it reminds, says. It reminds me of Ray Dicko in a WhatsApp. Every time you want to know anything, just ask Ray Dicko, what's the situation? What's happened, Ray? And do the opposite. And it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Oh, uh, stop. Um, but like, literally, I, and the reason it comes into my head was because if he, he's on BT when Liverpool play Brighton and he's like, no, no, they're not giving a penalty against Robertson. And then they give the penalty. And then tonight, um, I'll move on to the man hating because Anthony, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that goal for me. Now, again, they're trying to find, they're trying to find, um, angles and stuff like that. And it's not even the best footage, even when you look back at it. But I, I 
from watching it over and over again, it comes in, Mane heads it and it hits the defender's arm, goes to Minamino who's onside and he scores. Did you see any diff- anything different to that? Is that just me with the red goggles on? No, no. Listen, I, I mean, look, just on a, on a real base level as a supporter, on an emotional level, that this is a major problem now because it's actually killed something in me. The, the derby this season actually killed something in me as a fan because when Henderson scores the goal, you lose it. I mean, you absolutely lose it. And that the best feeling as a fan, you have it. And then what happens, happens. And I have to say, I know we've had VAR issues for a while now, but for, for me personally, from that point on, there's just something that dies a little bit inside you. It's got to the point for me, Gav, that the game against Wolves on Sunday, at the incident with Cody, I saw the replay. I could see that Mane hadn't touched him. I still didn't know if they were going to give a penalty. I still mm. thought they might actually give it. You know, even though he can see that it's clearing up, because you just, it's, it's got to that point now, and it means that you sort of detach yourself from things like that. So the goal goes in, and you're kind of waiting. Is there something wrong with that? You know, see, that's, 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 that's a point. Anthony's made a brilliant point there that even though we all see, we all see the replays, yet we still don't know what the decision is going to be. And the point of the VAR was to make it so that there's a distinction between obvious and clear errors. Now he's right. I, you, for for the for the love of me, I don't for the, I don't know what the decision is going to be. I mean, this one was crazy. I actually tweeted when we scored. I said, I said, go on. I had a thread done. Like you know, why does it seem every game we're involved in, it seems as though they're making up the rules as they go along, and then the offside thing happened, and then Mane scored the goal. We all saw, all of us saw that Mane. It didn't hit Mane's hand. In fact, if anything, it hit the other fella's hand. So it's either a penalty, and it's definitely not offside. And then it's I said, "It's not a penalty. Oh, it's no, not a I'm penalty. Just... It's too. It's too close. So it's. It's just. It's a goal. That's the only decision you can really make. I don't think the and penalty I, goes I, into I, it. Let's just get ruled out. And I laughed, thinking, "Nah, it's not going to get ruled out. I'm just having a giggle to myself. Lo and behold, it's ruled out. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I just couldn't." Um, like people were saying they couldn't find the right angle and, and I'm kind of going, oh, that's no excuse. This isn't like, you know, down the park, you know, video when you're mate playing football. This is the Champions League. They should have all the angles. Bring all the cameras with us, you know. But for me, it was just a mad decision. It goes on for eight minutes then. You can see Klopp on the sideline. And, and listen, people know I'm not a fan of VAR, but I'm not, I don't want, I don't want rid of VAR. I want VAR to change where it's transparent. The rules are actually set in stone. So we're not, you know, just making making things up as we go along. And we need to start getting rid of stuff like saying clear and obvious. Uh, Keelan, um, Antoinette's son is on and he says, um, she, he's just confirming that Antoinette is his mother, which is great. Um, that's great stuff. <laughs> and he said he's enjoying the show. I'm well, glad you're enjoying the show, mate. And thanks for subscribing. You're an absolute gent. Do us a favor, Keelan. If you send me an email right now to lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and just throw your name into the, into the email and, um, we'll sort things out from there. Um, so lads, I'm going to ask for a man of the match before we go. And then I want to talk about the draw and stuff like that. And one other thing as well. Um, Anthony, man of the match for you. Uh, I'd like to give it. I'd like to give it to the young, the young Clarks, and I, I think just for the first half alone, you know, I, I thought he was. I liked watching him a lot tonight, and I, I just I like players like that anyway. To be honest, like just tidy, classy, silky operator. So I'm I'm gonna give it to him. Okay, yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, 
Paul, come on, I'll let you go next. You look ready. Um, I'm going to agree. Uh, Leighton Clark's in for me. Uh, Klopp didn't really name check the, the German player he was saying before the game about who Leighton reminds him of, but a lot of people are there saying the working theory is that it's Lothar Matthias. And I actually think that's a really, really good shout. And this kid looks like he's got the world at his feet and he was thrown in tonight and he looked fantastic. So, yeah, Leighton for me. Okay, great. A very honourable shout for Clarkson for his first half an hour. I thought he's absolutely magical. He tired, which is natural. He's a kid, um, and and the setup, the whole of the setup in midfield wasn't sort of, you know, made for him. Um, I thought he was fantastic, absolute bright future. But I'm going to give it to Cueven Kelleher again. The guy just grows on me every single time. Disregard the stupid penalty incident. I thought the guy handled everything. Ball back to him. New back four, young back four, different back four. Did it? Did it phase him? Absolutely not. Comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, claiming made a couple of shots as well. They they piled on the pressure at times, but it didn't phase him. He didn't get overawed. Didn't panic. And again, it just spreads onto the defence where you just don't think you're you know you're under a barrage of pressure with you've got to keep like that. So calm about things. Queven, yeah, Queven Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm going to agree with you, Chris. Mark it down, log it. Um, I you? agree with you. Um, I totally, I, I just like, I just like the way he's, I just like everything about him. Um, he's not as good as Allison. He's nowhere near as good as Allison. But I just, he's, he's a similar style, and that's enough for me to be comfortable. You know, when and instead of watching a fella that just won't kick a ball far, you know, and, and wants to take 10 minutes with it in the box and have a good look at it um, as opposed to this guy Kelleher it's just he will make mistakes you know you could, people will throw the, the penalty stuff at him I think that's a bit harsh but he will make mistakes there's no doubt about that um, as he as he goes out throughout his Liverpool career but I thought again tonight he was calm he made saves when he needed to make saves he was you know he caught a lot of stuff that came in the box He's very good with his feet. He's very cool. He sees the pass early. For a goalkeeper, he actually sees passes early and just gets it over his feet and bangs it. He was, he was pinging, um, Alexander Arnold all four staff, just putting it straight in front of him all the time. But, um, I think he was, I think it was really, really, really good. Lads, one or two things before we finish. And Paul, I'll come to you first. Gina and Aldam. Um, there's a lot going around now. There's, a, there's more stories coming out around this, this contract situation. It's, it's, it seems to be money now. Um, a lot of people made out that it was a case of, uh, look, he knows when everyone's feet is for choice and stuff like that. I don't really go along with that, but it's, it seems to be a money thing now. Where do you think we stand on this, Paul? And, and what do you think the club's next move should be? I think it's immediately obvious what the club's next move should be. It is pay the man what he asks. Mm-hmm. It is, it's that simple. It's completely non-negotiable. I said the first time I was on this podcast that the situation reminded me of Scotty Pippen back in the day. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know the Scotty Pippen situation, he was the second best player at the Chicago Bulls behind Jordan, probably the second best player of all time, got paid less than half the amount of money Jordan did. And in fact, wasn't even in the top five best paid players in that team. And it was a disgrace how low that guy got paid for his talent. And when Alden's situation reminds me of something similar, the thing that I want to have happen more than anything is that I really, really, really hope we get Barcelona in the next round and we can hammer them all over again just to make that kid understand what he might be leaving and what he might be going to. 
Yeah. Um, Stephen Duffy says, give Genie the 150 grand a week he wants. I think if that, if that's the number, I think that's fair. You know, people are, people are saying Grizz is nodding his head there. I think 150 grand, I don't know if Grizz is saying it's not 150 grand or he doesn't think 150 grand is fair. But Grizz, I think, you know, I think the club definitely want him to stay, but they have a limit to what they want to give him. I think Gene Wijnaldum, all things being equal, would like to stay, but he has to look after himself. It's his last big contract, as people will put it. Where do you stand on this? Do you, do you still think he'll go? And we're probably looking at replace him because I just think he's come to the fore. He's been brilliant for us for the vast majority of his Liverpool career, but I think he's massively come to the fore in the last six months, especially. Look, um, it's, it's, it's difficult because we always, and even today, we've talked about trusting the medical team, trusting club trusting to know the process that they follow, the rules and sort of limits they have and in terms of how they work out people's contracts when they're up or renewing them. It's a case of we've got to, we've got to trust that the, the guys are handling this to know what they're doing. I know we I, do, Chris. Hold on. I, I know mean, we do. No, no. What, what, I mean what, what, what I mean by that? What I mean by that is what I mean by that. I know that. I know that's a simplistic answer. So that's why I was giving it context. Okay? So, but in situations like this, the season that he's had so far, you gotta, and it's and it's just it's natural emotion from a fan point view point of view to say, give him whatever he wants. Unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. We can't give him what he wants in terms of length of contract, in terms of terms of contract, in terms of wage. Now, I genuinely don't believe it's a wage issue, right? Because we have loads of players in around that figure. I genuinely think. It's um, knows what where, he wants to know where he is in terms of first, like sort of enough playing time. Now you got to remember when this offer contract offer first came up, he would have known he's not automatic first choice. Add to that Tiago, um, you know, to the mix, and when everyone's fit, he still probably thinks in his head maybe that possibly he's still not first choice. So if, let's say Fabinho, Hendo, Tiago, everyone's fit. It's his last contract. He's refused the first offer. I think there will be a second offer based on the emotion and and, and, and the way Klopp has talked about him in press conferences. But at the end of the day, it's, again, you know, we have to know what is going on behind the scenes. If he wants a four-year deal, for example, as a cushion, as an insurance, are we saying give him the four-year deal? No problem no. whatsoever? No, I, I, I know where you're coming from with that. I know where you're coming from because if you, if you play that game with him, other players will come along and say, let's play the same game. Absolutely. I, I get that. But what I'm saying to you is, you know, there's no way for me that you couldn't turn around and say, everyone being fit, that Thiago, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, as a four, just for argument's sake, right, would not get enough games in this Liverpool team season on season. But simply because, A, the, the amount of games we play, B, the amount of injuries we get because of possibly down to how, how intense our game is. You know what I mean? So... That doesn't really wash with me. Oh, he wants assurances on game time. I don't know of many Liverpool players that get insurances on game time. Klopp seems to be, if you're good enough, you play. If you're not, you won't. You're not a kind of way. But I would say, I hate to say it, I think he goes. But 
I would love Liverpool to do some sort of solution. Anthony, do you, do you, do you agree with me? Do you think he goes or do you think he makes something happen because of what's happened over the last couple of months and how massively important he's been? Massively. Now, he has been massively important throughout his Liverpool career, but I think it's been magnified in the last the last six months or so. Yeah, well, he was he was one that was probably underrated for a couple of years. You know what happened with him? People started looking at him playing for Holland because he couldn't off to play for Holland. It was like you were looking at a different player. And I think it just showed people how good a footballer he is. He's so intelligent and adaptable and versatile, an unbelievable athlete. And the last six months particularly, he has been brilliant. I mean, I absolutely love him. I'd hate to see him go. I think Liverpool lose a huge amount if, if we lost him. I thought he was going to go, but I think, to be honest with you, I think the way Barcelona look at the minute, that that, that, that might scupper it because they just look so bad and so shambolic. If it was Barcelona, we were led to believe that they're the ones that that wanted him and, and that had turned his head. Uh, you know, the way th- that, that club is at the minute, we don't even know if Coleman's going to last till Christmas, you know, which again might change the narrative of it. So I think, yeah, I actually think Liverpool might find a way to keep him and I hope they do because he's, he's fantastic. I agree with everything Paul said. Uh, he's a great player and uh, he's kind of been not an unsung hero uh, the last few years, but still strangely underrated. You know, I think he hasn't always got his jewels. I think, I think maybe underrated, yeah. But I think when it, when when this when this contract comes down to the nitty gritty of it now, people are starting to realise how important he is. And it's taken yeah. it's taken a mixture of his performances and the fact that he's there every bleeding week playing. You know, mm. like Grizz said last week, I think he was it six games in seventeen days. He plays so the the fact that he's there all the time, plus the fact that now you now there's a real real possibility you lose him. I think people's people's opinion and estimations of them have really gone up and, and being focused because of it. Paul, you want to get in there? So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for me, it's like, yeah, he's he's literally like the marathon man. You know, he's there all day, every day, 24-7. The guy's on 70 grand a week. Now, from what I understand, you've got fringe players like Shakiri and Nabi Kita who are on more money per week than he is. So I can completely understand his situation. And the fact is his contribution compared to what he's being paid is paling into insignificance. So I can understand this situation. I absolutely can. Because I know if I was working twice as hard at a job and getting paid half as much as some people, I'd probably be questioned my situation. The thing that is even more to his credit is the fact that his professionalism has not for one second been called no. into question. No. We've not had a you know, dare I say it, a Fernando Torres situation where he downed tools and he was looking for the move and he was only playing when he thought he was in the shop window. Mm-hmm. We have another situation like, say, for example, you know, a Coutinho situation where he said he didn't down tools, but he kind of went missing for a bit. You know, we're talking about someone who is an ultimate, ultimate professional. And I've got to say, from the medical thing and everything else, yeah, fair enough, and I've been talking about development curves and all this stuff the past few weeks. However, the guy's still getting better. The guy's still peaking. 
And he may well be one of those where he looks after his body. He's not, thankfully, had many major injuries. He may well play till he's 35, 36 to the top level. Now, we're talking about Barcelona here and the fact that Kuma might get the elbow and the Barcelona thing might go by the wayside. Other clubs aren't going to look a gift horse in the mouth. You're telling me clubs like Bayern Munich aren't going to come knocking for that guy. Because for me, Ginny walks into the midfield at Bayern and he improves them. And he will have a lot of top suitors on his phone next month, knowing that there's a pre-contract in the offing and you could get a world, world-class player for probably nothing. Kelly, but, did you want to go in there, Grizz, yeah? Yeah, I think it's probably similar to what you was going to say and definitely what Kevin's going to say. Kevin's put up there. But, Paul, the thing is, I totally agree with what you said in terms of he's, an, he's, on, a, he's on a feeble wage compared to everyone else. And, and especially in relation to the effort and the amount of times he plays and everything about him. He's Mr. Durable, so pivotal. But he, he's been offered a very lucrative contract. Now, how high do you go with wages then? Are you saying, so for example, let's say he's been given 140, double his wages, right? He's refused that contract on the basis of um, length of contract, but not wages. Now, do you go and say, okay, well, give him what, literally give him what he wants? Or is there, or do you still, from a Liverpool point of view, do you still try to bargain with him and come to a, res- a resolution that we he'll be happy and we'll be happy? Because as Gav said, then there'll be other players that are coming knocking on the door who are on the verge of renewing their contract and say, look, this fella's 31, whatever, you've given him a four-year contract, blah, 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 blah. We want par. We're not a club that, bows down to sort of yeah but the problem is but the problem is Chris is that if you put him on 140 grand a week theoretically right how many players better than Gini Wijnaldum are turning up with your order aren't already on 140 grand plus not many so 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 what I'm saying to you is like if Gini Wijnaldum gets 140 grand a week that's not going to make Mo Salah knock on the door and go, he's on 140 grand, I'm on 200, I want 250. That's not how it works. You, and you're not going to get security turning around going, I'm on 120 and you've made him on 140. Listen, bud, you're never fucking here. You know what I mean? I, you're, you're blagging the living at this stage. So uh, while, while I do agree with you to the point where you can't give him whatever he wants, where, where if it's a ridiculous 200 grand a week, where, you know, and then you start getting people knocking on doors. I think, I think, I think if you put him on a par with, mid-range 120, 30, 40 grand. I don't think there's many people out there that can argue. I think the length of the contract might be an issue. Another people, a lot of people are saying he's looking for a new challenge. And and Paul's saying there the likes of Bayern or Barca. Barca seemed really like a runner, but Koeman's having a disaster. I wouldn't be surprised if he says fuck all and you see him in the Premier League for somebody else next season. I th- I personally think it's a four-year deal. He wants. We've offered him a two-year deal. It's not the actual wages itself. I think we will come to a compromise with three years. Okay. Personally, I think, I think contract length is not an issue in this guy's case, considering the fact, like, I think he is going to play until like much later in his thirties. Notwithstanding the fact that if we do decide to sell after two years into a four-year contract, we're still going to be able to command a significant fee for him. So, you know, for me, it, it's a complete no-brainer. I just, I don't see the issue. I really don't see the issue. I know well, there's wage structures and I know there's plans yeah. and long-term plans and bringing people through and everything else. I get that. But with a player like this, there's Very just absolutely no no reason for me not to keep him. 
Um, Adrian 13, if that's the real Adrian, yes, here we go. <laughs> Say hello to Grizz for me. So we've said hello to Grizz. Um, don't ruin his birthday week. Um, Adrian, don't ruin his birthday week. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was thinking about it today and I think Guardiola would be all over him. If you could manage to tell him to stay where he is for six months, I think Guardiola, I think he'd be unreal in Man City's midfield because he's different to anything they have. He's different to anything they have. And I, I genuinely think if, if one or two clubs in England could persuade him to just stay where he is and, and run that contract down until June the 30th, he could end up in the Premier League. But quickly around the table, uh, Anthony, stays or goes? I think he stays. Okay. Grizz, stays or goes? I think he stays. Okay. Paul? I think he stays as well. After all that, we all think he's going to stay. <laughs> I don't. I think he goes because I I don't see. I don't know if it's financial, and I the whole playing time doesn't add up to me. Um, if he was thirty three, I'd say yeah. But at thirty, he I don't think he should be worrying about playing time in this side. I think it's a new challenge, and I think if if a Premier League team can't get him to stay on and run right down until he's a free agent. I think I, I, well you never know. You never know. They could offer him enough money. They offer you enough money, it doesn't matter when you sign it, whether it's January or whether it's June. You know, but um it's I I think he goes uh, unfortunately but and I, and I I think it's gonna be a sad day when he goes I think um, if he goes I don't think he's gonna to go to an English team if I'm being absolutely. honest with you. I think he goes abroad. I think he goes to a Spanish team or he goes I think Italy would be a great fit for him. I think I, yeah, like no. an Inter Milan or someone like that'd be perfect for him. I think Bayern is a good show. I think mm. Italy is a good show because someone said they'd never underestimate the lore of Italian football to Dutch players, which is a you know, a lot of these players grew up with Hull at Roy Card and Van Basten being their heroes mm. and they were AC Milan legends. Um you know, you you could see him you could see him in, in, in Spain, absolutely. But all I'm saying is I'm not saying it could hundred percent happen, but the couple of English clubs, if they'd any sense, would be kind of having a quiet walk going, listen, we'll match anything they're given, plus whatever to keep them in England and um and play for us. But I just hope, I really hope Juventus on a free is fucking nailed on, isn't it? That's what they do. But um I really hope that he stays, but I just wanted to have a discussion about it. Lads the draw for the Champions League, when is it, Grizz? Monday, I think. If I'm, Monday? If I'm not okay. Monday. Anyone you fancy and don't fancy, Chris? Anyone apart from Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, sorry, that is. Anyone okay. apart from Atletico Madrid, I'm very, very happy with. Atletico Madrid are a very nasty team. I know you think we're going to smash them 4 1 in both legs, but. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul, anyone you like I'm, or dislike me- in this one? Mentioned it before. Barcelona. I want oh. Barca. I want to finish them off completely. I just want to ruin them all over again. Okay. No worries. Um, we can all get on board with that. Uh, Anthony, anyone you like or disliking this? Uh, I'm convinced we're going to get Barca. I have a feeling that we're going to get them, but um, I go with tradition and say Porto. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like every other year. Yeah, yeah. Porto's the crack, yeah. <laughs> Porto is the crack. Um, I think that's it. I think we're done. Grace, anything else before we go? No, I'm fine. Thank you. You sure? Absolutely. Okay, good stuff. I enjoyed that. Paul, anything else before we go? No, all good. All good. Good to get everything off our chests, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Anthony, anything else before we go? No, I'll go, Gav. Good to chat to you boys, yeah. Right, well, listen, we're taking the day off tomorrow, if that's all right with you. Um, We're not doing anything tomorrow. We're lashing out content every day of the week. We have to take a day off at some stage. I have. If I don't get to the driving range tomorrow, there'll be trouble. Um, 
Friday is the Friday forecast. We'll have a look at the Premier League um, weekend football. I know I'm on that. I know Lee Gunnar, the Arsenal fan, is on that. And we'll have two more people then to join in on that as well on Friday. I'm going on to the football terrace tomorrow to tell Terry Fleurs exactly what's wrong with Manchester United at 10pm if you want to go on there because that will be great. I will be bringing cans. Um, <laughs> what else? There? What else? There? What else? There? Uh, the Fatback 4 on Sunday, 10 o'clock, but... We are doing our first ever official watch along for Liverpool v Fulham um, from Craven College at half past four on Sunday. Jamie and Keith are the man that have, men that have put their names forward. They will be live from 20 past four. They will do the whole first half. They will take a little break at half time to go and get refreshments. They will come back and do the second half and they will do a few minutes afterwards as well. So listen, you've asked for this. We we said we we wouldn't do it, but you've kept asking. So we said, look, we we'll do this as a one-off. See how it goes. If it gets a good response, we might continue it on. But go and support the boys on Sunday from twenty past four. Um, talk about United. Anybody want to talk about United before we go? Grizz, Manchester United. What what what's what's your feelings? No, I think I think you know you've said enough. In that sort of Twitter thread that I saw on you and United, I think I agree with your opinions. I think everyone should listen to you tomorrow. I think I think I'd, I'd rather not speak about United on this uh, on this show personally. I just feel, do you know what I mean? Talking about Man United on this show. Okay, no worries. Okay, geez, very aggressive. Um, yeah. But my my feelings on Manchester United is that every time they lose a game, they blame the board, and every time they win the game, they should be given Ole Gunnar Solskjaer another contract. You cannot blame it all on the owners of that football club when the money that's being put in. The outlay for that club is astonishing uh, as uh, when in compared to where it is. And um, look, I'll, I'll have it out with Terry tomorrow night and we'll see where we go from there. It's been an excellent show. I've enjoyed it. Um, Liverpool have drawn one all in the last group game. They're true as group winners. The draw is on Monday. See us on Friday. See us on Sunday for a watch along and see us on Sunday night for a fat back four. It should be good. It usually is, isn't it, Chris? Oh, the best show on the best show on YouTube. We know that everyone knows that. Join in, subscribe, like, share. You know the usual stuff. Yeah, I'd probably be crap on Sunday now after you're saying that. Over and out. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier, made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.